Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, how you doing? Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available for Monday, the 8th of February, 2021 with me, Daniel Ruiz Tyson, episode 308. Hope you're all healthy and doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going. We have snow in London, not lots of snow, but enough for there to be ice, not a snow guy. You don't want the snow in Lambeth. It's very rarely white. And uh, I took a walk through the park this morning and almost slipped several times. It was, well, I'd underestimated just how, they're not bad conditions, but I just thought this was stuff that wasn't uh, sticking around. I thought we'd be back to normal today. And even now, it's almost just powdery snow, and I didn't expect it to, to settle down in the form of ice. So as I walked through the park with my boots on, which I rarely wear, and almost come in a cropper several times. Despite having brilliant grip on the boots, I just decided uh, whenever it was possible to just walk through the grass again, not knowing what lurks beneath the snow. It was an unpleasant walk, and about uh, halfway through, well, I got to Sainsbury's first. That's where I was walking to initially, and after that I thought, I'm just getting a bus. I was already going to be getting a bus back, but I wasn't going to do the whole journey on foot, not in those conditions today. The falls of 1994, when I posted that imaginary letter, if you haven't heard that story, there's a post box. Uh, it's, no, it's not on the corner of Mayflower Road where I grew up. I think it's on the corner of uh, Sterling Road, SW9. So I'd come out of my road and I would be on Clapham Road and then I, it was the next road at this post box there and it was January 94, icy conditions. I was lucky actually that I fell right in front of the post box and my legs were wrapped around the post box. I could already see people rubbernecking from across the road and I just tried to, I think uh, the South London term was style it out by hoisting myself up and pretending to post an imaginary letter. Quick thinking there on my part. I only wish I could think as quickly these days. And then there were two consecutive falls. After 16 years or 15 years without a fall, there was a fall in 2009 and there was a fall in 2010. The 2010 one was really, really painful. That left me with a really bruised elbow for months. I was convinced I'd broken something. That was such a... That was such a bad fall. I think I might have been in Chiswick, somewhere like that, somewhere West London-y that night. Anyway, it was good to get a look at the park in terms of it made me realise that while it's like that, there's absolutely no chance of running this week. I have seen a few people running in the park. I don't know what kind of grip they've got in their trainers, but uh, I just don't fancy running 
on those uh, slippery conditions. This morning, I made a point of trying to glue my armband. It's um, it's come apart the acetate bit that holds the phone in. Although it is quite a t- it's a tight squeeze getting the phone in. Uh, as I as I keep saying, I'm just not convinced by the Velcro armband thing. It just doesn't work. It's not very effective, but this has been the best one that I've had of the four, but the acetate's now come off. So I've been stapling it initially, but it's made it very difficult then to get the mobile into the armband. So I've decided to see if I can glue it now. I haven't checked to see how effective that might be. I use the same glue on the Star Wars figures when they have an injury. I'm hoping that it might also come good on the armband. If not, I'll have to buy another one. But I'm in real bad running form right now. Really, really bad. I think the worst for a while. It's. Um, I think it just speaks to the lack of motivation. There's no resistance at the moment when I just want to pack it in. There is no fight in me. There's no pushing myself to do that extra lap as there has been for most of the, whatever, 20 months since I've been doing this now. And a bit of a concern that. I wonder where it's uh, coming from. It might just be pure laziness. I think part of it is I'm just so fed up with the conditions out there, how muddy it is, and, you know, the paths aren't wide enough to be running past other park users and uh, runners without worrying about the pandemic situation. So... The trainers really do need a a good clean, not sure if they need to be binned by now as well. And I think that's maybe played a part. And then the rest of it is just pure laziness, I think. I just paused the show there to try and understand why when I record this, I mean, this won't interest you, but it's almost a behind the scenes look at recording a podcast at this level. I know how to get rid of the buzzing noise now. My editing skills are are that far advanced, so I know how to reduce noise. What I don't understand when I've got all this equipment now is when I'm recording on on Audacity even, why I can hear a whistle whistling right throughout the audio. And uh, that's when I have to do a noise reduction and then uh, various other things to then get the audio in the necessary condition to release the actual episode. It's really frustrating. It's uh, another reason why I do need to just get some proper editing software. I think there's a deal on something at the moment called Reaper. I hadn't heard of it until the last couple of weeks. And then uh, Tom Hoffman, uh, I'm not sure if he's a listener these days, but he used to be in the early days of podcast. And he sent me a link to Reaper. And coincidentally, I just read about it on LinkedIn earlier in the week. And it's affordable, I think. You can actually buy it outright, but I don't want to buy something that has no chance of being the industry standard. And the thing is that when I studied radio journalism, there were, I think, at the time, uh, at the time even, really struggling today. Uh, and that's that's with four pills. At the time, there were two industry standards. I think Call Edit Pro was one don't know if that's the one that became Adobe Auditions and there was another one. Now there are so many and you have to subscribe to them. And it's one of the reasons why I need to monetize the football show as quickly as possible because I've got so many research materials that I have to buy for that. But also, I don't think I can be working this hard using Audacity. It's unreliable. I've got the new desktop, which has got, I think it's got something loose in it. I still haven't sorted out the monitor either. And... 
I had to edit two hours of audio across three days last week and there were two occasions where Audacity just failed and I had to start again with the audio. Not right from the beginning because I save it regularly, but it meant that, say, instead of being one hour and five minutes into the editing in terms of the time of the episode, the running time of the episode, I was back at one hour and editing five minutes of uh, audio, I think it's Narnia time. It's equivalent to, say, an hour of your time. It really is that painful audio editing, which is why I hate it so much. And yes, I do mean hate. I know that's a negative thing, but I do hate editing audio. It's it's just what my life has become over the last 10 years, 10, 11 years. I've just not been able to get away from it. And I think it's really strangled the writing at times and it's doing so now. Anyway, these things illustrate to me why I do need to uh, get that football show uh, paying for itself. And it may be that uh, as I'm trying to do that, because I've got three football interviews in the next two days, so that's going to be heavy going. And what I'm trying to do is get to a point where I can build up a little back catalogue so I can then monetize the show in the way that I want to monetize it. But right now I'm just not able, I don't have the time, I've not had the time to build up a batch of shows that will allow me to do that. And I'm just trying to put the brakes on everything so I can find that time. And I just can't because uh, I'm just under so much pressure, partly because of the ball show I'll say that again. I really can't get going today, partly because of the uh, football show and partly because of uh, other stuff going on. So no running this week, uh, certainly while the ice is there. So I'll just be uh, working out indoors, which is almost just as boring. And I'm not sure that it's actually warmer. You know what I'd like today? I'd just like this pain to go away because I still can't shake this headache, neck ache. I'm pretty sure it's stress. It's very rare now that I get these migraines. I've been really lucky the last two, three years that I finally found the right medication after, you know, a great deal of trial and error and hospital appointments that didn't lead to anything. And uh, I take something every day for the migraines now and I've been really good. But at the moment, I've had one that I've not been able to shake since Saturday. And I I just think it's the stress. I think it's what I got going on right now. And it's incredible. Maybe you're maybe you're built differently. Maybe you are able to switch off from things in a way that I'm not. And uh, really, you know, I don't want a holiday. I don't. You know, I go on about it, I suppose. I'm not a holiday guy, but I I would benefit, I suppose, from a holiday. If I knew that I could have the discipline or had the discipline to stay home and have a holiday at home without actually going on the PC and doing some work, then I would have done that over the years. But I just don't have that in me. I find it very difficult to stop doing anything. I need to keep busy. But the way I'm feeling today, I've forgotten how debilitating these migraines are. I've taken four pills today. I think I took eight yesterday. I've got Voltarol on at the moment. I've got some deep heat fragrance free roll on and there's absolutely no change, no change at all. And uh, my head is just thumping since Saturday. I'm pretty sure that it's all related to being called in for more blood tests. I had to go in again this morning, hence the walk through the park and uh, I had a missed call on Friday, rang just once, which I found really odd, and I couldn't see a number, but then a lot of these GPs are actually working from home at the moment, so they come up as unknown numbers. Then about a minute or two later, I got a text, which was very wordy, and I thought, well, I think that text has been prepped before the 
missed call because I don't think anyone could type that fast to send out such a detailed message. And it was telling me that the results weren't good and I need to come in again for another result. And that's the first time that's happened to me. I wasn't surprised, I have to say, because I know something's been wrong for a while. And uh, I know what I was hoping it was. I was hoping it was related to the change of medication back in the autumn. But uh, it became apparent that it wasn't. And I've just, um, yeah, it's just, it's it's definitely playing on my mind now and has been all weekend. Had to go and see the same nurse this morning, the one who wrecked one arm last week and then had to take blood out of the other arm. And I rolled up my sleeves Today, I made sure I wore something different, just a bit paranoid if uh, she might have recognized me and said to herself, he's, he's wearing the same jumper as last week. You know, I was tempted to wear the same jumper because it's a jumper where the sleeves are slightly misshapen, ideal for blood tests. You just roll the uh, sleeve up rather than today where I had to take the jumper off. But I didn't want her thinking, oh, this guy's just got one jumper. No, that's my blood test jumper. It's It's easy. You just roll your sleeve up. You don't need to... No, no undressing at all, particularly you don't want to be undressing right now, hanging stuff up on the back of chairs. I mean, I'm told to hang my winter coat up when I go in there. And, you know, you don't really want to be hanging anything up right now in a doctor's surgery. She saw the bruising on my arm from last week and she said, what's that? I said, well, that's last week's blood test. Did I do that? Yeah, you did that. And the thing is, last week, even though she didn't, do brilliantly last week she didn't actually hurt me today she did it right but she actually hurt me so she only went in the one arm today but she said to me just a scratch I thought oh yeah and I really felt that needle and I felt it while it was in there often I think with the nurses that are really good at their job when they're giving you a blood test you feel the needle go in but when it's in there once it's in there and they're taking the blood you don't really feel a thing with this nurse i think if i have to go back in again i might just have to try and check if i can have a different nurse because uh i can't go in again next week for another blood test because uh, i need these bruises to calm down right now i do have a bad feeling about these tests which is maybe why i'm not uh sounding very chipper today they're not going to be any better results wise this week than they were last week, as I feel no different to last week. In fact, I probably feel worse this week because I now know that last week's blood test results weren't good and I was half prepared for the worst. But when I got the news on Friday, as I say, once I read the text, I can't remember now if it was after I read the text or after I called them to arrange to go in again. But I had a unique experience within you know, a minute or two of getting that text or speaking to the surgery. I had a unique experience, which I can only describe as a swoon. I almost passed out just for a couple of minutes. I was at my desk, as I always am, and with effort, I struggled into the kitchen because I just felt really nauseous. All of a sudden, this horrible wave of nausea, I struggled into the kitchen. I got some sparkling water to revive myself. When that didn't quite work, I managed to get to bed and to lie down, not even for five minutes, just for it to pass. Until it passed, it took, I think, two or three minutes, and then I came back, and it was a shock. Not 
that the bloods weren't good because I was kind of half expecting that. But my reaction to that, that was the shock. I hadn't expected that. And I just think the last year has done me a lot of harm physically. Trying to get out of the situation I'm in, in a pandemic, it's near impossible. And just end up doing more. The days end up being longer. The nights end up being longer. I had that spell, that long spell in the early autumn all the way through into the winter just gone well uh, up until december where i wasn't sleeping properly where i was staying up till two or three in the morning as if i was a teenager and, and actually working rather than relaxing and that's around the time that i started not to feel right that's all come from pressure from an, Ill uh, an inability to focus at times on one thing because of that pressure being chased you know, worrying about uh, the lack of money. It's that whole thing about, you know, I've had the warning so many times from people, watch how many hours you're doing, you know, learn how to switch off, learn how to relax. The amount of people that tell me you should meditate. And I'm just not very good at finding that time to try and down tools. And I'm not sure I've ever really had that ability to switch off properly and meditate. In the meantime, I'm sticking to decaf coffee, drinking less of the stuff too, but I haven't touched uh, caffeinated coffee since Friday. It would be ironic that as I find myself the fittest I've ever been, although there has been a tail off with that, as I've said, owing to just the lack of motivation and the strongest, that something serious might be on the way. And I keep saying I don't want a serious illness at any point, but certainly not in the midst of a pandemic. You know, I'm a, I'm alone and I can't tell you, even for an introvert, how difficult it is. And maybe you are listening to this and maybe you're getting through this lockdown on your own. Maybe you're listening to some podcasts that uh, people barely listen to to get yourself through this. And you might know how difficult it is to try and get through this pandemic on your own. I'm having to try and fight each day to determine my mood, to nail it down, to, to stop it from slipping. And it's not easy to do that, especially, you know, especially with what I've got going on. And, uh, you know, the last year, all the stress, even today, in less than an hour from recording this, I've got a call due that I just don't look forward to. It's a regular call. And it, you know, that call more than anything, I think, adds to the stress. And uh, I don't see any easy way out of this. And right now I am worrying that I've run out of luck on the health front. I still push myself like I'm 25. And you can't do that as you get older. You can't be pulling in the all-nighters. You can't just be getting up really early, but not finishing early, just working through like you started at nine or 10 in the morning, when in fact you started at six or seven in the morning. And I still do it. You know, I, I still push myself like I'm 25, but it's not good because, you know, you're not young anymore. And as I say, I've been warned about it so many times. It's cold today as well. I've been rationing the heat in this afternoon, just uh, the odd blast with the Argos Simple Value Radiator, oil-filled radiator, I should add. But this morning, because I was up really early, because I knew I had to go for this blood test, it was so cold in here that I left the heating on for a bit longer. And that bathroom is so cold, I keep meaning to bleed the radiator in there with my Poundland radiator bleeding kit to see if that's 
if that works at all. Imagine if it does work and it only cost me a pound. What a bargain that would be. But I've still not got around to doing it and we're almost into the spring, but not before the snow comes. When the snow comes in February, I always think, why February? Why not January? You know, what is the point of snow in February when we've got spring around the corner? That makes no sense. So it's been that cold today that, I mean, I've got pretty much everything on. The only thing I don't have on is the dressing gown. I wore the long johns, double socks, the boots out when I uh, went to the doctors this morning, my winter coat, my hat, my scarf, gloves, and my fingers were still numb. I just want to get past this moment. What bothers me is that this is the first time I've ever had, I think, blood results come back negatively. And prior to that, I had no idea how that would work, whether they call you in. How does it work? Do you have to chase them or they chase you if something's wrong? And normally, neither has happened because the blood tests have always been fine. So they don't call me and I don't call them because I figure, well, there's nothing wrong. But now I know that I might get a call from them or if not, there's going to be a text that is going to alarm me as it did on Friday. So now I know that. Now I'm almost looking at my phone every five, ten minutes right now, which I hate doing. They've said to me that it'll be three to five days before I find out. But hey, you know, I'm thinking, well, that's what they say. Does she remember that this is the second time I'm having this blood test because she didn't even remember bruising me last week? So I'll have to see. I know how it works now, and I think that leaves me a bit more unsettled, wondering what each text message might be. It's either going to be the doctor or the space daddy. They're the only two people that text me. I think the football show definitely adds to to the stress, I think. It's, it's just taking forever to, to, to edit those shows. It's taking three days to edit those shows. So there is absolutely no way, I think, that I'll ever be able to make the kind of football show that I wanted to make because it would just be too much work. What I'm hoping that I can do with it is I can implement some of that vision that I had for it into uh, the bonus episodes that I'm going to be putting together. But in terms of the weekly episodes, I don't think that as a one-man band I'll ever be able to do that kind of magazine-type show as much as I would have wanted to because it's just too much work. And doing the long-form interviews, particularly being a hostage to Fortune with their uh, Zoom connection and the guests last week, I could hear them tapping. They were fidgeting. You know, the interview went on for two hours. I was conscious of that. I did ask them after an hour. I was trying to wrap up, and they said, no, carry on. I'm enjoying myself. I thought, fair enough. And I enjoyed speaking to the guy, but every now and then I'd actually have to tell him, are you tapping something? Because I could hear some tapping and then I could see it when I was editing it. But I was grateful for myself that I'd actually had the wherewithal to say to them, uh, I can hear that noise again. You know, could you stop, please? Because otherwise I'm going to have real problems on the editing front. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, it just took forever to edit. And it's making Fridays, especially right now, really, really long and difficult i've got the bt issues which i'm trying to sort out as well you know issues with the wi-fi since they gave me the new hub streaming issues when i'm doing trial you want on a friday night or the odd zoom call the instability with any connection always seems to be at my end and you get to a point where you think well that advice that the bt guy gave me initially where he said look my advice to you is the times we're living in we're in a pandemic there are more important things uh, to, to to worry about than your internet connection, you know, just just try and 
you know, just try and look at it that way. Well, that doesn't really work if you're paying for a service. Is that is that how we're going to approach every service now if it's not working? Well, we're in a pandemic. This is acceptable. We're not at that stage yet, are we? Where, you know, we're walking around in animal skins, foraging for food. I mean, I don't think that's going to be happening until 2022 or 2023. So while we're not at that stage yet, I would like a Wi-Fi service that works properly. Um, I've switched channels and it's made no change. I've switched modes. I think mode one, two, three, no change. So I'm at a loss as to what's happening. That's a lot of moaning, isn't it, for the first half of the show? You're listening to Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available, episode 308. I don't think I enunciated 308 properly there. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram, 1607Westick, facebook.com forward slash DRT available. There are PayPal and coffee.com links at DanielRuizTyson.com where you'll find all this work. If you wish to make a one-off donation, you can do so. Any donations come right back into supporting this work. And do please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on whichever platform you use. And as I say every week, Apple Podcast Reviews, if you enjoy the show, are particularly welcomed and needed. I still haven't changed the feed update. I haven't even looked at ACAST message after they finally got back to me with details on how to do that. Once I do have some time, I do need to do that. It's one of those things along with trying to get uh, this PC monitor replaced that I just don't seem to be getting round to at the moment. Most importantly, of course, the best way to support this work is via the Patreon page. Sign up at patreon.com. DRT available. The latest bonus episode uh, 307 went out last week. To patrons, on to books. What am I reading at the moment? Saturday, I think Saturday or Friday. I I think it was Saturday. I started reading Ponty by Charlene Teo. It's uh, a book that I bought purely for the cover. It's got a really nice cover. Very Murakami-flavoured, fantastical-type fiction. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Written, I think the writer wasn't even 30 when they wrote the book in 2016. Uh, The blurb, 2003, Singapore, friendless and fatherless 16-year-old Zoo lives in the shadow of her mother, Amisa, once a beautiful actress and now a hack medium, performing seances with her sister in a rusty house. When Zoo meets the privileged acid-tongued Circe, they develop an intense friendship which offers Zoo an escape from her mother's alarming solitariness and Circe a step closer to the fascinated, unknowable Amisa. Seventeen years later, Cersei is struggling through a divorce in fraught and ever-changing Singapore when a project comes up at work, a remake of the cult 70s horror film series Ponty, the very project that defined Amisa's short-lived film career. Suddenly, Cersei is knocked off balance by memories of the two women she once knew by guilt and by a past that threatens her conscience. And it's told uh, from the perspectives of all three women protagonists, and uh, I'm enjoying it. It's the first time I've read this author, and uh, I'm enjoying it. Went to pick up some more books and returned some more books to Battersea Library at the weekend. Then I popped into Asda, searching for a replacement for my favourite kitchen knife, which... Back before Christmas, I accidentally threw away. I'm assuming I threw it away, and I remember when I threw it away, when I do think I threw it away. Did I just say that? 
yeah, I think I remembered the incident when I threw it away. It took me days before I realized, well, actually, no, I, I think I have thrown that knife away because it was a day when I was super stressed just after the builders had gone or maybe they were still here and I was eating in the evening and I hadn't finished my meal that night and I was scraping the food into the bin bag and the cutlery fell in there. And I think the kitchen knife, my favorite kitchen knife, fell into the bin bag and it was one of or the only one of the cutlery that fell in there that I didn't retrieve and I haven't seen it since so uh, but it's not easy to find a replacement I think I'm going to have to go maybe to um, a specialist kitchen shop rather than a a supermarket in order to replace one regardless of how big the supermarkets are and given that I don't think I've ever been into a specialist kitchen shop at least not on my own uh, I can't see that happening. Yesterday, uh, around watching Liverpool getting thumped 4-1 at home by Manchester City as if the last two years of becoming a brilliant team had never actually happened, I started watching The Death of Yugoslavia, a six-part documentary series from years ago on YouTube. I can't remember if I watched it first time around when it was on the BBC. It's so good. There are no reconstructions. If it was made now, they'd probably throw in some reconstructions because broadcasters just assume we all lack the attention span to sit through an old school documentary. But I'm enjoying it and I think I've got another three episodes left and I'll be carrying on with that later this evening, hopefully. Moving on to breakfast news. Moldy bread today, this morning, from my first choice loaf and it caught me by surprise. And it was only when the bread popped out the toaster this morning, I was poised to butter that bread. And I I think I'd started buttering it. And then I thought, what are these blue bits here? And then I started examining the rest of the loaf. And I realized, well, it was moldy. And I'm trying to think, well, how's that happened? Because that hasn't happened before. Not for a long time anyway. And, and I'm not sure it's happened with this loaf. Has it happened because the fridge has been too packed? Unlikely. That's not a situation I usually find myself in. I think more likely is that the backup loaf, which I bought a couple of weeks ago, which remains mold free because I've used that loaf four or five times for toast in recent weeks, not because I like it, but because I thought to myself, well, I spent the money on this loaf. I overpaid for it. I'm going to eat it, even though I don't really like it. And I think that's probably played a part in the mold happening with my first choice loaf because it means I'm going through the first choice loaf slower. I'm leaving it in the fridge, but normally it would be finished by now. And uh, that loaf has probably been hanging on, waiting for me. And then it's just thinking, what's this guy doing with the second loaf? We've served him well. Brings in this other loaf. Look what's happening to us now. And I think that's what's happened. Crackers have made two breakfast appearances. Friday was one. I can't remember the other. But I know that they've also made a couple of evening appearances because if I've overdone the porridge at lunchtime, I'm having trouble talking because I can just feel my, my temples are pulsating with this headache. Cold hands rubbing them on the temples right now. If I've overdone the porridge at lunchtime, then I just have a lighter meal in the evening consisting of crackers as a starter with coffee. And then cough, uh, sorry, I've already told you the coffee. And then just like fruit and a bit of cereal. That's what I do with the porridge. I've just got no discipline when it comes to porridge. Yeah, very rare that I have a reasonable size bowl 
of porridge. Uh, let me give you a Nectar Points update. The big news today is I cashed in my 250 points that I was able to use. And uh, let me run you through what I bought. I bought um, a yogurt. I bought the hot sauce that I sometimes have. And that's what I used for uh, to cash in uh, my nectar points. Some antibacterial wipes, washing up liquid, uh, pasta sauce, sweet chili sauce, uh, some floss. I ran out of floss on Friday and a couple of single oranges. And uh, the points earned on a spend of 11.20. The previous points balance was 537. I accrued 11 points today. Points spent 500. New points balance 48. Worth 24p. So that long road back to the 500 points starts now. To think that back in November, I thought there was a chance I'd, I'd get to the 500 before Christmas. And look, it's February before I actually use those 500. Maybe should have sat on them see... See how far I could have gone. But, uh, you know, it's nice to be able to use your store points from time to time. God knows it took me forever to get there. And that is it. That is the end of the show. Today I'm back later in the week with another Mixcloud live show trial. You want 8 to 9.30 p.m. on Mixcloud. Maybe you'll be one of the eight to engage with the show live. Follow us on Twitter at tryallyouwant underscore. And uh, there should be another episode of When Shorts Were Short out by Friday and now it is time for you to get those shoulders back keep on walking towards the sun keep washing those hands I'm Daniel Ruiz Tyson and this start of the week I have been available <laughs> <laughs>